Welcome to the Black Wolf Media Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Evans. This is a show where we dive into the stories of black entrepreneurs and business owners, and we talk about their brands and entrepreneurship journeys. Let's get into this episode. All right, guys, welcome to the Black Wolf Media Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Evans. Guys, I have Diamond Spikes. She's a brand strategist and creative director. Diamond, tell the people how you doing and all about what you do. Okay, thanks for that short intro. But um, like you said, I'm Diamond Spikes. Um, I'm from Atlanta, and I own DSP Design Studio. And what we do is that we specifically help high six and seven figure direct to consumer brands, which are, you know, product based businesses who are really trying to scale up and go to the next level and get out of what we deemed as the mom and pop effect. Um, and yeah, you know, we do branding, brand identity strategy campaigns, the full gamut. But our, our whole thing is just to make sure that these brands can go to the level that they're really trying to get to. Awesome. All right. So my first question to you is, can you tell people all about the mom and pop effect for those that don't know? Sure. Thanks for asking. No problem. (laughs) But um, the mom and pop effect is basically this space that because of social media, um, and actually I'm going to backtrack a little bit so I can like, you know, kind of paint the picture. So we know what a mom and pop shop is, right? It's that store that's in your neighborhood that's been there for like 10, 15 years. It's like yep. a wing spot. <laughs> it's the cleaners. It's whoever. Um, you know they're successful for whatever that looks like to them because they've obviously been running. Um, but you know they're they're local. Everybody knows them. You know, everybody knows what type of service they're going to get or their product, you know. Yeah. And that's that. So on social media, what people have been able to do it start, you know, start small little mom and pop brands who don't have plans on becoming million dollar, you know, um, brands, but they're able to get on social, create these really huge supportive communities and grow really, really, really fast, irregardless of them having like the right brand in place or the right strategy or whatever. They're able to do that through community building, having a really good product that performs on par with this promise. Um, and you know really um using their um what do you call it uh for for lack of better words of what i can say right now the owner nine times nine times out of ten plays a very major role um in what the brand is and people connect with them specifically so that mixture um gets them to, you know, they, they grow, they grow fast, you know, they make high six figures, they get to that, you know, the million dollars and they're, you know, they're making money, but it gets to a point where they really have to make a decision about the, what they really want to do with their brand because yeah. they realize that once they get there, there are a lot of things that they didn't do <laughs> that they now have to do in order for them to go to the next level. And they likely, you know, they, they just don't know because yeah. that, that wasn't, that wasn't the plan from the beginning. <laughs> mm, so, okay. Yeah. Okay, so like when it comes to figuring out what those things were that they need to do that they weren't doing before, um, does 
does it mean like, you know, that entrepreneur has to backtrack and kind of start the process over again? Like, how does that work? Not necessarily about backtracking and starting over, but it is about, you know, understanding where you are, understanding what you have done. You know, there's some analysis that goes on there. Um, It's about, you know, really just being able to use empathy to, first of all, on the side of the business, you know, kind of look through the data from an empathic lens and kind of just see, you know, where things are and how they've gotten to that point. And then taking the steps to make sure that, you know, going into this new space that things are, you know, how they need to be. Because even if we think, even if we think about, you know, there are successful brands out here, you know, all they have is a logo and a good product. But you know that to be a contender in the market, that's not going to work. Like an actual contender in the market. Like if you want to go out there, you want to raise money or you want to go in Target or, you know, whatever it is, in order for you to truly compete, that is not going to work. Even though Mm. it has worked for you up until this point. Got you. Okay. Okay. So um, before, I I don't know, I, I just thought about this, but before we get into the meat and potatoes of the interview, I kind of want you to take us back and tell us, like, you know, what was it like for you growing up and what were you doing before you became a brand strategist and creative director and before you even started a company? Like, take us back. That's funny. Um, So my childhood was it was cool Um, and it was diverse. Like I my dad was in the military, so I grew up in different places. I was born in Oklahoma. Um, I went and lived in Germany for a few years. I spent like the beginning of my formative years there, three years. Then um, we moved to Louisiana. Um, And the last place that we ended up in was here in Atlanta. We've been here ever since. We moved here in 99. Um, I went to one elementary school, then got moved to another one because of like high test scores and things like that. So I ended up in the magnet program. Um, I did go through some forms of like bullying and things like that because I was different than the other kids. And um, I didn't wear all that name brand stuff. I mean, I didn't really care about it. Like I was, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't, that my parents weren't raising me that <laughs> that way. Um, but, you know, it was cool or whatever. By the time I got to middle school, I was like extremely just focused on my grades. Like magnet program is like really competitive from an intellectual perspective. So yeah. I was like highly just focused on those types of things, but I was very interested in, um, I was very interested in business and actually I, I skipped a, an important part of the process, but in sixth grade, we had a, um, a project that our math teacher gave us, which was to like create a business plan and invent this product and, you know, present it to the class, et cetera, et cetera. And when we did that, like I immediately kind of fell in love yeah. with um, business and like, you know, creating and all that type of stuff. So I was like, yeah, this is it. This is definitely it. Um, and so from that point forward, I was like, I was really doing business. <laughs> like yeah. I was selling stuff. I was doing hair. Me and one of my best friends at the time, we were like selling drawings. Like we, it was just, it's just been a thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I actually, I started doing hair when I was 12 years old. Um, I was doing braids on my friend's hair. Like, you know, their moms would pay me <laughs> to braid their hair. Yeah. I was doing braids. Um, 
when I got to high school, I was still doing hair. By the time I was a senior, I was, you know, I'm doing sew-ins and stuff at this point because the girls are getting sew-ins. Um, and, like, you know, I was I was doing pretty good. And I didn't get, like, you know, a high school job. Like, I didn't go work at Smoothie King or McDonald's or whatever. I was yeah. doing hair. So um, another important step in this process is that I had a mentor that I was introduced to by one of my uh, godmothers. She was actually somebody who was doing her hair and she knew that she was like an entrepreneur. So she wanted to like expose me to her and she did. Um, and once I got that exposure, I probably was exposed to her around like 15. But once I got yeah. that exposure, I was just like, I ain't never seen this before. <laughs> awesome. Like I was in her house, you know, folding her clothes and stuff like, you know, doing like light internship yeah. type stuff for real, for real. But, you know, I'm just seeing all the things that she's doing, just soaking up everything that's, like, possible just from being in her presence. Um, and by the time I graduated from high school, um, I had one job, and I was working at the CDC as a miscellaneous clerk. And while I was there, I did research on how to sell stuff because I really wanted to understand how to do it. I never asked her, but um, I went and researched it on my own. And I was like, you know what? I really want to sell stuff, so I'm going to figure it out, especially because I was a hairstylist. And I got really heavy into like um, makeup and stuff because I was a dancer yeah. in high school. So I wanted to sell hair, hair and makeup. Long story short, I figured out how to do it. And at this point in time, there's no like PayPal. There's none of that stuff. So I had to pay these people with Western Union. And I told my parents, my dad was like, yep, I don't think you're going to get your, I don't think you can get your product. I think it's a scam. I was like, well, you know, it's only like a couple hundred dollars. So I should, you know what, you know, it's not going to be that bad if I don't get it. But I ordered the hair and makeup. Um, I promoted a little bit on Facebook. I said, you know, I'm going to have this. I'm going to have that. Um, and when I got it in, uh, I sold out all of it that day. Wow. That was basically the beginning of, yeah. uh, of me being an entrepreneur. And from how old was I then? I think I was like 18. So from 18 until maybe like 24, I was doing hair and selling hair um yeah. i sold i sold makeup short for a short period of time but i i did hair and sold hair for a really long time um and i grew that to um a multi-six-figure business that i had for a while wow. yeah um and while i was at while i was in college of course this was a thing and i was going to school as filming for uh art so i have a studio art degree and I'm going to school, I'm doing hair, I'm selling hair. You know, Instagram had just became a thing then, like yeah. in like 2012, 2013. Uh, so yeah, I, was, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm on there selling the hair and promoting and stuff. And, you know, that allowed me to get more access to um, people abroad, you know, across the United States and in different places in the world that wanted to purchase the hair that I was selling. So that was that as well. Yeah. Um, but that was basically really the like the beginning. Yeah, that that's awesome. I. I did hear, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you mentioned that you did have one job, right? Yep, it was for three months. Yeah, tell like tell me, you know, from what I'm hearing, like you've always been a hustler, you've always like had that entrepreneur spirit from you know sixth grade. So, what was it like actually having that job for three months? You know, what I'm saying going from making your own money to working that job. What was that like for you? Honestly, like it was cool. Like the people there, well, not all of them. <laughs> but some of the people were cool um but it was just boring like it yeah. was so boring 
like yeah. that's part of, part of the reason why I was able to like do that research <laughs> because like <laughs> the tasks were so mundane and like easy like they would be so impressed when I did stuff and I'm just like y'all don't act like I'm this little remedial child like yeah. <laughs> the stuff y'all asking me to do is not that it's not that serious <laughs> yeah okay um, that, that's awesome that's awesome okay yeah. so you know you took a a brand you took a hair brand and you grew up to six grew up to six figures how did you make that transition from doing that to becoming a brand strategist great question so being that i did have you know the hair brand i was obviously doing all the branding and marketing and you know photography and web design and all the things right yeah um in addition to that i was doing these same things on the side for other businesses so it was something that i was always doing i just never did full time like yeah. people knew me full time as like a business owner like i was a direct to consumer business owner who sold products and i also did hair and at a certain point i stopped doing hair um, yeah. along with it um you know and i would do like a couple heads on the side but um, people just do me as that like you know she's a, a businesswoman like that's who she is but I realized that a great majority of me being able to be successful with what I've been doing is because of my creative abilities yeah um you know because I'm great at marketing because I'm great at aesthetics because I'm you know great at creating and imagery and things of that nature um and showcasing that stuff you know I, I was able to build besides like you know the the parts of the business parts of it as well that you know I was able to push through yeah and um do but I was always doing that stuff and I just came to the point where I was like you know I want to I want to do the creative part I want to you know do branding I want to do that full time and I want to put this on the back burner um and so I kind of I made that decision in 2019 um, and then in 2020 was when I kind of went full fledged and like put the put it in motion. And yeah. um, by the end of 2020, that brand, um, which is you know Dis Creative Design Studio, that grew to a six figure brand by the end of 2020. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so I want to ask you about so I want to ask you about a topic. Um, sure. So talk to us about empathic branding and design. Tell us what that is. So I'm glad you asked about that as well. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, um, so I'm a first start. What's good, everyone? If you guys are enjoying this show, please be sure to share this with a friend, family member, or coworker, and leave a five-star review. Now back to this episode. Peace. By talking about why I use it in the first place. Yeah. Um, me as a person, I'm really empathic. I was born that way. It's not something that I always saw as a strength. But as an adult woman, it is something that I understand that 100% is a strength. It's a soft skill, but it's not a soft skill that everybody has. Um, and, you know, not everybody has it at the, you know, the depth or level that I have it. So, yeah. you know, I, I understand that it, it is a gift and it is a strength and I use it. So in terms of line of work, you know, I have it not only as like a value of my company, but I also use it in what we do. 
um, across all touch all touch points for the customer, but even in terms of like empathic branding and design is about being people centric and about really, really, truly knowing and understanding who it is that you're serving. Yeah. Um, and really looking at the data from that perspective. So we know that data is important, right? Right. But data, the data is only going to be as helpful or as important as the person who is actually analyzing it to create strategy. Yeah. And if that person isn't really looking at it from an empathic lens, it's not going to be as impactful as it could be. Yeah. So that's on one side of it. Like, you know, when you're looking at strategy and different things like that on the design side, the design is going to reflect that strategy. And not only is it going to, you know, reflect the company's values and beliefs and, you know, the target audience, it's also going to reflect the history. It's going to, you know, reflect the different aspects, all the different aspects of the brand so that, you know, when people see it, they can feel what's in the strategy. Um, And especially going into talking about uh, the the target audience. Like I know I, I said target audience a little bit in here, but even with target audience, like really getting in like the nooks and crannies of exactly who this person is, like what their fears are, what they do for a living, like really, really, really knowing them. Um, you know, that that takes empathy. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you have to make sure that you're looking at it from that perspective. Because at the end of the day, you know, business is about people. Yeah. It's businesses are ran by people. And they have services and products for other people. Um, so, you you know, you got to make sure that you maintain that, you know, people come first. People come before the data. People come before all of it. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Okay. Um, so, like, you know, when it comes to, like, you know, speaking of target audience, something you mentioned, how does one, like, let's say you have somebody that they want to start a company and they have a product that they want to sell. Mm-hmm. How do, does that person figure out who their audience is and what niche they should be dipping into? If that makes sense. So that's going to depend on a few different factors. But nine times out of ten, when people start businesses and they're selling products, nine times out of ten, it, it comes out of a need that they personally were experiencing. Yeah. So it's like, you know, oh, I had skin issues, so I developed like a cream, a body cream that worked really well for me. Or, you know, I have, you know, my spouse was going through X, Y, Z, one, two, three. So I went down the rabbit hole to create something that would fix that problem. Mm. Um, A lot of people come from those perspectives. So knowing that they can use themselves as like a starting point to say like, you know, well, this is this is how I am. You know, this is what. I've experienced this is what you know whatever the case may be and kind of like go through it um looking at them and they can also go through and look at their competitors so like looking at other brands that are basically selling close to damn near the same exact thing that you're selling and seeing what they look like seeing what their customers look like um what they're doing you know really going and do some 
some research, like going over to their Instagram pages, seeing the people who are interacting with their stuff, going over to their pages, just like looking at a day in the life of their lives, um, really getting insight and seeing how those things kind of line up. Um, but yeah, that that is definitely um, important. And even knowing like, you know, just kind of like how the consumer moves in that specific space yeah. um, is an important aspect of that. Yeah. Okay. So really like in doing, you know, when you mentioned the people that kind of go down a rabbit hole and they create a, a product from like a personal experience, in doing that, they kind of already tap into who their audience is, you know what I'm saying? Especially once they start looking at brands that are almost similar to theirs. Would you say so? To 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 whatever extent, you know, there are obviously going to be um, certain specifications that are going to be specific to them. But um, definitely from a general perspective, they can, you know, tap in um two people based on that information based on them and based on what they're able to gather from market research yeah and so from that point forward it's just, it's a matter of you know honing and iterating yeah okay all right now um my next question for you i want to ask you like when it comes to working with your clients and just different brands what are some of the key factors that you notice when it comes to when it comes to like aspects that are being missed, like, you know, when, when you're working with a brand and, you know, it's something that they're not doing that they should be doing to get their brand to a certain point, you know, what kind of things are you noticing about that? So one of the, one of the biggest things that I always notice is that like, they don't, nine times out of 10, they don't have a brand strategy in place. Yeah. So like they're very heavy on like, you know, um, ads and like Facebook marketing or like um, Instagram marketing, you know, they probably have a whole bunch of like UGC, which is great. Um, And, you know, they really have a good handle on their social and maybe like email marketing, but they don't necessarily have like a brand strategy in place. Um, And what not having that in place does is one, it limits what they're able to do um, in terms of like continuing to add more and not just from like an ass perspective. Cause we all know you don't have to have a brand to run ads and make a lot of money from like, we know that. Right. Yeah. Um, but, or at least like you don't have to have a strong brand to do that. Like that's just a thing. Yeah. But if you know, your goal is to, you know, get into target or if your goal is to be a contender in the market, you have to understand what position you have in the market. Mm-hmm. And if you don't understand that, you're not going to be able to communicate it. And okay. if you're not able to communicate that, then, I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, you might as well just stay <laughs> this, you know, mom and pop brand on social. That's just, yeah. you know, doing whatever it's doing in the specific space that it's in. But yeah, yeah nine times out of 10, the brand, they don't really understand um like they know kind of anecdotally who they are, but they don't have like the hardcore um, research or data or they don't have anything like written down. They don't have anything structured that says, this is who we are. This is who we serve. This is where we're trying to go. You know, they don't have any of that type of stuff. Yeah. They may have like, you know, we want to make like next year, we want to make this type of money. They may have stuff like that in place, but not necessarily the pieces 
that can actually help them move up. Yeah. Okay. And and l- let me ask you, so like, you know, for, for those that are listening, what are some things they can do to kind of take themselves from being the mom and pop from or experiencing the mom and pop effect to really uh, personifying their brand and knowing who their brand is and then getting that out there to consumers? What, what are some things these people can do? So for one, you can take branding serious. <laughs> Um, like I said, you know, me and him just talked about how, like, you know, you don't have to have a brand to make a lot of money from selling products, but if you want to be impactful in the world, like it's really going to depend on what you're trying to do. But my, my assumption is going to be that, you know, you want to be impactful in the world and you want to, you know, actually have a position in the market, then you're going to have to take branding serious. The reason why we call face tissue Kleenex is because, Kleenex is the top market contender for freaking face tissue. You know, face tissue is the commodity, but we call it the brand Mm, for that reason. If you want to be Kleenex, then you have to do what Kleenex does. We consistently see Kleenex in a certain way. Yeah. You have to, you know, present your brand in a specific way, the same way all the time in order for you to be able to, you know, build your brand presence. Yeah. Doing something as simple as communicating the same way, you know, making sure your messaging is consistent, making sure that you're consistently using your brand colors, your logos, your fonts, your patterns, imagery, all of that stuff that can doing just that can raise your revenue up to 23%. Mm. something as simple as that yeah so you have to you know make sure that you're taking that stuff seriously um and that that's across the board with again your messaging your values just all of everything that creates a brand you have to make sure that when those things are going out that they're all consistent that they all align and that all customer touch points it's all pointing back to the same thing and it all goes together yeah Okay. And you know what? When I noticed something when you um, when you said face tissue in comparison to Kleenex, like it had like an, a psychological effect on me. Like, man, I want some Kleenex. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm more willing to go for Kleenex than face tissue. Is, is that how that normally works for, you know, consumers when you're putting your brand out there? Yeah. So it's, it is a psychological thing. Like, you know, we call tablets iPads. <laughs> Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's just because Apple has done such a great job um, <clears throat> and they take up so much of the market because of the great job that they're doing with, you know, uh, brand awareness and brand recognition and being consistent and building such a, um, a powerful brand that has an emotional connection with its yeah. you know, customer. Everybody in the world calls it a tablet, an iPad. And that is the effect that it does have on the consumer. And you can't have that effect if you're not willing to play the game in that way. Yeah. It's not. It's just not going to happen. One plus one equals two. One plus point zero one does not equal two. It equals one point one. Yeah. So if you want to, you know, really play the game, you have to play by the rules, and those, mm. those are just the rules. Okay, that's awesome. That's so cool. Okay. Um. So like. Would you say that when it comes to branding, like you have to know like copywriting? Is that an important? I'm not, not going to say that you have to know copywriting, but 
I think it would be beneficial to, you know, at least, you know, go to YouTube University, go on Skillshare, you know, get some knowledge about copywriting just so you can really understand, you know, words and yeah. language and how it affects people, their, you know, in their shopping habits and, you know, um, their decision making and how you're able to influence that. Um, and also just being able to communicate what your brand is, who it's for, and how does it help them. That is very important. And yeah. that's actually leading me to something that I think is really important to share. Um, in terms of, even in terms of those things, right? Something that's really powerful is brand storytelling. And you want to make sure that you're able to paint a picture that involves your customer and how your brand helps the customer get to its goal. Yeah. You don't want to just make it all about the brand. You want to make sure that the customer is the protagonist of the story and that you showcase them being able to reach what they're trying to reach with your brand's help. Well, there you have it, people. Man, I hope y'all are definitely uh, taking notes, man, and, and got a good ear out, man, because she definitely dropping some gems. <laughs> all right. Um, well, Diamond, I appreciate you. Um, that's all the questions I have for you. Um, I appreciate you guys for reaching out and, you know, doing this interview with me. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Um, before we go, could you tell people how to get in contact with you, whether it be through social media or email? Sure. So if you guys want to find me, you can find me on Instagram at The Diamond Spikes. You can find me on Facebook at um, Diamond Sands. That's my maiden name. Um Got to jump through some hoops to change that stuff on Facebook. <laughs> um, on LinkedIn, I believe it's Diamond Spice. If it's not, it'll be Diamond Sands. And of course, you can always go on dscreativedesignstudio.com. We have a newsletter where we, you know, we send out some little gems every now and again. Um, and also, we have a blog that's on our website as well. Of course, that's free. And we got all types of little fun stuff. So y'all go on and, um, you know, come on over. Definitely check her out, guys. Um, Diamond, before we go, would you mind leaving us with a nice message? Um, what would I like to say? I'll say, and actually, I'm going to say something that I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Do, not, not in this conversation, but something I said earlier today yeah, yeah. before I got on Okay. Here. But <laughs> y'all, go and do what you want to do in this life. Don't sit around and, you know, waste your life away doing what other people want you to do or being who other people want you to be. Go do what you want. You have one life to live. And if you were going to die tomorrow, you need to be thinking about what you would do <laughs> instead of what you're doing now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All That's right. It. Well, thank you, Diamond. No hey. problem. Well, guys, again, I'm your host, Adrian Evans. I had Diamond Spikes, guys, brand strategist, creative director. Guys, definitely uh, take notes. Um, listen to this episode again if you have to. Um, she definitely dropped some gems on branding, guys. And that's the end of the episode, guys, and we're going to get out of here. Peace. If you're a supporter of our podcast, then you'll love our newsletter. Every week, we give you a sneak peek in the upcoming episodes and the guests that we have featured. 
And we also let you know about exciting live events that we have planned for the future. So if you're looking to stay up to date on everything going on in the world of the Black Wolf Media podcast, be sure to go in the show notes and subscribe to our newsletter today. All right, guys, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for sticking around. If you guys really enjoyed this show, please leave a five-star review and share this with a friend, family member, or coworker. And if you guys have any suggestions as far as what to talk about on the show and who review, please email us at blackwolfmedia18 at gmail.com. Again, our email is blackwolfmedia18 at gmail.com. Thank you, guys. Until next time.